Welcome everyone to The Detsillion Mind. I am your host, Jason. On today's episode of My Thoughts on Issues, we'll be talking about the state of our federal government, primarily in regards to the functionality of the legislative branch. One of the main political topics of the day is how our current system of governance is broken. Many feel the system no longer works for them and feel that their voices are being left out. Whether it is voting practices, political agenda that is being guided by moneyed elites, or the two parties having a duopoly on politics, everyone has an idea of how governance can be improved. This leads me to my critique of our federal legislature. If you remember from civic or social studies classes in primary school, our federal government is split into three branches, legislative, executive, and judicial. Our legislative branch has a primary role of drafting and passing bills into laws. The executive branch enforces those laws, and the judicial branch interprets the laws. Obviously, there are some crossover roles that each branch plays as checks and balances against abuses of power, but for the most part, that is the basic role of each segment of our federal government. Our current legislature is bicameral, meaning it has two chambers or houses. The Senate is the upper house, while the House of Representatives is the lower house. The Senate has a more restrictive role in governance. Its directive is to primarily conduct the passage of treaties, confirm federal officers and ambassadors, oversee impeachment trials of federal officials and officers, and elect the vice president in the event a presidential candidate does not receive the majority of the electoral votes. The House of Representatives, however, has a broader role in governance. They are widely responsible for the passage of federal legislation into law, initiate revenue bills, impeach federal officers, and elect the president in the case when no candidate receives the majority of electoral votes. The House and Senate also differ in their term lengths and size. Senate members serve staggered six-year terms, while House members have only a term lasting two years. The Senate is limited by law to two senators per state, guaranteeing equal representation. The House, however, gauges representation based off state populations, one representative for every 30,000 residents, with each state awarding a minimum of one representative, regardless of population size. House seats represent districts, drawn by each individual state, and those districting practices generally follow an official U.S. census conducted at the turn of every decade. Due to population growth, however, federal law has limited the House capacity to 435 voting members. Currently, there are actually 441 members because six of them are non-voting members that represent D.C. and our five remaining territories. Also, there are currently three vacancies that have not been filled until the next election cycle. 
The current model for the House and Senate leaves many claiming that it gives unfair representation and thus an advantage to states with smaller populations. In the case of the House, it is viewed as unfair that the cap is set to 435 seats because it means only smaller states will get the ability to increase its seat size when they increase in population. Likewise, it is viewed that states shouldn't have equal representation in the Senate because it allows less populated states to have more influence than higher populated states. I agree to this argument. I think there needs to be changes to our legislative branch. One thing we pride ourselves about is that our Constitution is a living document. What that means is that it's malleable. It can be changed and and amended to meet the need of the day. Only if we so choose, though. I think it is time that we do modernize our Congress. And here are a couple of ideas I think will work to help change the legislative branch. The first idea involves transforming the legislature into a unicameral legislative body, eliminating the Senate. As I stated earlier, I agree with the claim that the Senate allows for states with low populations to override states who are major population centers. From my point of view, I think this negates the idea of one person, one vote. Under this unicameral legislative branch, members will be elected to four-year terms at the midterm of the president's term length. So, for example, the 2020 presidential election determines who assumes office for four years starting in January 2021. Congressional elections should be held in 2022 with members assuming their seats come January 2023 which would mean the president would have to deal with multiple congressional bodies. This is what I mean by midterm. To counter the elimination of the Senate, I would suggest removing the cap on maximum representatives in the House, as well as changing the law to one representative for every 500,000 residents. Also, I think voting membership should be extended to the six non-voting members, who represent Washington, D.C., Guam, American Samoa, the Northern Mariana Islands, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and Puerto Rico. At the very least, the territory should be offered statehood or given some sort of financial aid or reparations to help them become independent. This reimagined house would still operate in most of its former capacity. Seat districts would still be drawn based off of U.S. Census data. Vacant seats still would remain open until they are filled in the next election cycle. And its roles as a legislative branch would also combine those of the present-day House as well as the tasks from the Senate. The only major exception I would include in there is that they do not hold the impeachment trials. They can vote on impeachment but not actually do the trial for it. The only time Congress should appoint the president and vice president is if they both perish or become incapacitated, at which time the House majority leader becomes president and the minority leader becomes vice president. In the event no candidate wins a majority of electoral votes, instead of Congress deciding who becomes president and vice president, 
The popular vote should determine the winner using a, a ranked choice procedure until a popular vote majority is established. My second option regarding Congress is to keep it bicameral, but with little changes to the House of Representatives. The only changes would be giving one representative with voting status to D.C. and each of our five territories. Districts should be redrawn based off of one representative for every one million residents with a minimum of one representative awarded to a state, regardless of their uh, population size, and the removal of the 435 voting representative maximum. The Senate, however, would see the most change. Most of its roles would remain the same as our current Senate, once again minus holding impeachment trials. As I'll state in a future episode, I think that should go to the Supreme Court and the federal courts around the country. However, the Senate would be partitioned into nearly equal regions, each receiving one senator. So, for example, instead of having the Senate be a house of two representatives or two senators from each state, instead, states would come together to form a region. An example of this would be the New England region could make up Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. Likewise, I think large metropolitan areas should also get their own regional senator. So, for example, Chicago has about 9.5 million people living in its uh, metro area, and they should be allowed to form the Chicago region with their own senator who is separate from the state of Illinois, or whichever region Illinois decides to adopt as its senatorial representation. Another consideration as an alternative to the Senate being a chamber of equal representation of regions would be to redraw state lines. This also has been a hot topic issue about whether or not we actually need 50 states. Do we really need two Dakotas, two Carolinas, two Virginias? Do we really need small states like Rhode Island or Delaware? And do we really need sparsely populated states like Montana or Vermont? Isn't it about time when we redraw a lot of these state lines so that they better fit a system that talks about having equal representation amongst the states? So maybe these should be redrawn so that states have a much more equal distribution of population rather than the smallest state having about 500,000 people while the largest state has 25 million or 39 million, whatever it may be. That wide range of population representation doesn't make for good use of equal representation among states in the Senate. Ideally, I think my first option would be the better fit for revamping our federal legislative branch. State representation should be based off of population, not split equally between states, no matter how big or small that they actually are in population. But what do you think we should do? Leave a comment below 
about what you think regarding my issues to change our federal legislature or respond with what you think should be changed or if nothing should be changed at all. Once again, thank you for tuning in to The Detailing Mind. I am your host, Jason.